What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Hope you all had a great holiday and you're enjoying some time off, maybe some time with family or maybe some quiet time by yourselves. Matt is joining me in just a minute to talk about week 16 of the NFL season, uh, a week where I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am not very happy with the results. <clears throat> My beloved New England Patriots won a football game in heartbreaking fashion. They blow a ginormous lead in the fourth quarter only to get a game-winning 56-yard field goal from Ryland, the kicker we drafted in the fourth, who turns out is like the worst kicker in the entire league. I think he's right around 70% for the season. So uh, he's been pretty awful all year and then kind of randomly comes through on this massive kick that takes the Patriots from having the second overall pick uh, to now the fourth. And my fear is that they're also going to beat the Jets to end the season uh, and be closer to drafting 10 than they will be to drafting first. The thing that worries me with the Patriots as a franchise right now is not that they're bad because they do need to rebuild, uh, but I have a sports theory that I like to call the cycle of mediocrity. And I think the worst place you can be in all of sports is just being mediocre. Just good enough to not get a high pick, but just bad enough to not really make the playoffs or not be a threat. Like the best place you can be is to be a contender or be a team that's building towards being a contender. I honestly believe the second best place you can be is bottoming out and trying to get a top pick. I know that's controversial to some fans. Uh, the circles I run in, there's basically been a civil war with Patriots discourse about whether we should be rooting for them to lose or not. Um, and I, you know, I have a lot of friends who are rooting for them to lose. And then I apparently I know a lot of morons who think that these moral victories and these victories at the end of the season are going to mean something and we're going to build on things for next year. You know, I, I had someone say that it's good that Ryland hit that kick to boost his confidence for next season. Uh, Chad Ryland is not going to be our kicker next season. His ass is getting cut. He's only hitting about 70% of his field goals and he's cost them multiple games this season. So uh, glad he got his confidence up to go kick in the XFL. But this team, the Patriots are a franchise that takes a lot of half measures. You know, they don't go all in on Tom Brady's last year. They try to kind of find a stopgap quarterback with like Cam Newton. They draft Mack at 15th just because he's kind of the last quarterback on the board. And I really thought the way forward was to get one of these top three picks and guarantee yourself uh, one of the top quarterbacks or Marvin Harrison Jr., and I keep seeing arguments that Jaden Daniels could be the best quarterback in this draft. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but you know, even if he is, it's still beneficial to have the first or second pick and just pick him with that pick if you think that he's the guy. The problem with dropping to seven is now you have one less option for every pick in front of you. Like if you pick first and you want to draft Caleb Williams, that's great. You want to draft Drake May, that's awesome. If you think Jaden Daniels is the guy, you can pick Jaden Daniels. You draft seventh. You're in the same position the Patriots were in when they drafted Mac Jones, where all the other quarterbacks go before him or multiple quarterbacks go before your pick. And you're just kind of left picking up the scraps. And you're like, well, I guess we're just going to take a quarterback because we need one. And that's an awful place to be drafting quarterbacks. You know, I would rather draft an elite tackle or an edge or a big time wide receiver than just taking a quarterback for the sake of taking a quarterback. I have been rooting for them to lose. I think if you're not, that that's pretty stupid on your part because these wins at the end of the season are going to be completely meaningless in the long run. You won't even remember them in four or five years, except for the fact that that's the reason we didn't get Drake May, or that's the reason we didn't get Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, to get a massive building blocker, like an elite player to start building this team around. And like, could those guys bust? Yeah, they could absolutely bust. Uh, but it's good to have options and be able to take whoever you want, right? That's the point of this. So uh, pretty disappointed on my part. I'm still hoping that we can get back in the top three because it seems like there's you know two big-time quarterbacks and then there's a drop-off and then Marvin Harrison Jr. is one of the better wide receiving prospects that we've seen in quite some time. <clears throat> and in the modern NFL, you need elite guys on the outside to win. Look at Kansas City. Look at how much they're struggling offensively, even though they have Patrick Mahomes. And it's because Kelsey is old and he's not the same guy and they have nobody on the outside to help out. So... You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. would be really nice to have one of these quarterbacks. Uh, now I just got to talk myself into like J.J. McCarthy and Jaden Daniel or Jared Verse, who I really like, but not what the team needs right now. So uh, bummer of a week for me. 
Matt is going to be completely opposite end of the spectrum coming into this podcast with the Motor City Kitties, the Detroit Lions, winning the NFC North for the first time, their first division championship since 1993. They're going to have their first home playoff game since 93-94. And that's actually what we're talking about today is the wild card round of the playoffs. Uh, Matt and I will be drafting our favorite potential wild card matchups with two weeks left to go in the season. Uh, so that's going to be fun. We'll get to bolds and scolds from week 16 at the end. Let's grab Matt and let's go. All right, Matt is here. Fresh off week 16 of the NFL season. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Really good with the division uh, clinch now. I figured you would be pretty excited. I yeah. started off the podcast by bitching about the Patriots in the opening. And I was like, Matt's going to be on the other end of the spectrum. Very excited. Uh, and I am excited for you and our local Motor City Kitties. So congratulations. First division championship since 1993. So it's been 30 years. Yeah, it's been a really long time. So it feels good. Yeah, the cool thing's been the reaction of the Detroit fans or the people in Metro Detroit who aren't huge football fans. I think it's been really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just spent Christmas with my in-laws. They're not big football fans, but they were asking all sorts of questions about the Lions and how they got so good all of a sudden. And then we watched the entire game together on Sunday. It was like the first time I've watched an entire football game uh, with my wife's side of the family. So it was fun. It's cool to see everybody getting into it. And I'll be, yeah, I'll be rooting for you guys since my team is coming nowhere near the playoffs. So speaking of the playoffs and the wild card round and the Lions first home playoff game since the 93, 94 season, we have an elite gimmick for today's podcast. Drafting the playoff matchups you want to see in the wild card round with two weeks left in the season. So we spent a lot of time on the pod this year talking about teams moving around and how the games impact where they're standing. Now we're going to go back and forth and we're going to draft matchups that we want to see the most, whether it's like narrative based or on field or however you want to do it. Matt, the floor is totally open to you. The only rule is that they have to actually be able to happen. Yeah. You know, we can't take the Patriots versus the Chiefs because like I said, my team's already been eliminated from playoff contention. You can't take like the Ravens versus the Chiefs because it's that, like, that's just not going to happen Yeah, at this point. So it has to be. You can't do like Browns Colts because neither of them is going to win their, like they're both going to be wild cards. The Colts actually might win that division though. Because yeah. they're eight, eight and six, they're all in a tie at like eight. That's and six. true. Yeah, it's so, very. Yeah, Jacksonville is making it very possible. You can take that one, especially because right. well, spoiler. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has a sprained AC joint now. They're not sure if he's even gonna play next week. So, uh, pretty brutal. So it, yeah, it's it, funny because we talked about the the demise of the Jaguars, and I'd totally forgotten how far they'd fallen off in like a matter of two days. Yeah, they're like they're tied in the division now, eight and six. They just have the tiebreaker, so they show up as like the fourth seed. Yeah, this, they got Christ. smacked by Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. This, yeah, I, I texted you this on Sunday. That last week I talked about like Bucks versus Eagles is one game that we were talking about, and I was saying like, do you trust the Eagles to beat the Bucks? We were kind of he and like him and hawing on it, but. On any given day, the Bucks can be like one of the best teams in the NFL. That's exciting. But like, yeah, we can't pick like 49ers versus Eagles. Yeah. It's just not going to happen with how the standings are right now with two weeks left to go. So uh, with that said, you want to pick second or you want to pick first or second? We're just going to go back and forth. There's no snake order. I'll let you go first because I have a feeling I know what your first pick is going to be. And I don't want to pick that one because it's the best choice and it'll hurt me emotionally, but <laughs> I'll rip the bandaid it off. It will for be you. the best game. Yeah. 
So I I think that this is a two-player draft for wild card matchups. I think there's like potentially two elite matchups. Uh so we'll see if you take the other one. But my first pick is going to be the Detroit Lions home for the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually a matchup we have if the season ended today. And it's like so many reasons. Not only that I feel like it would be a good game because the Rams are playing really good football. I think with Nakua, Cooper Cup, and Kyron Williams all healthy around Matt Stafford, that's actually like a really scary offense to play. Uh, they've been ha- yeah. they've been hot. Stafford's been hot. Uh, and then the Lions have been a really good team all season. So like it's it's a fun on field matchup. But just for like the full circle narrative of like Stafford plays for the Lions for years and they never win. You know, they make the playoffs a couple times and lose in the first round every time. It's, it's away games. They never win the division, but he's beloved in Detroit. I'm going to go out on a limb and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to say that Matt Stafford is the most beloved Detroit Lion of all time. He's right there with Barry. I think I think that's that's a two player race there. But I mean it it's kinda hard to even be in the same category as Barry. But the yeah. fact that he is just shows you like it's like a cult following here in Detroit. Mm-hmm. People love Matt Stafford in Detroit. And it's hard to blame him because he gave everything to this franchise for so long, even though they weren't yeah. good. Man, like if he were three years younger, he probably doesn't ask for a trade. Right? So, Well, like the, the irony of all ironies is that the way the Lions finally get good is in large part by trading Matt Stafford to the Rams. Yep. You know, and they do right by him. He gets to go there. He wins a Super Bowl, but the Lions get two first and a third in that trade. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've done a great job like building the team. They brought uh, Brad Holmes over from the Los Angeles Rams as well. So it's like, you know, you got this guy comes over from the Rams, trades the Lions best player over there for a couple picks. These two teams are very interwoven with everything that's happened over the last couple of years. And for the Lions to finally win their division, finally have a home playoff game for the first time in 30 years mm-hmm. and have it be against the most beloved quarterback in franchise history playing somewhere else and playing damn good football. Yeah. That's like a, this is a full circle moment for Matt Stafford and for the lions to play each other. If, if this matchup comes to fruition, like standing room only tickets are still going to be like seven, 800 bucks. That's the thing is like, no matter what, the Lions home playoff game is going to be so hype here in Metro Detroit. Yeah. And to have it be against Stafford is just like, yeah. uh, it, it, like it hurts and, my feelings to think about. And like, he knows if that happens, like they might as well not even practice with snap counts all week. They're going to have to go all silent all week because it, it didn't happen a lot, but he knows when that stadium gets loud, it gets as loud, if not louder, stadium in the NFL. Yeah, I. The only options for the Lions if this if this game happens is that either one, Matt Stafford ends your dream season, or yeah. two, you have to take out this quarterback who everyone loves in order to get to the next round. Yeah. So I I think if they if we get that game, yeah, I think that's like the Sunday night prime time, like that gets the big slot. I just imagine if if we lose that game. You remember that video of that guy watching the NBA game where he's like, "Oh no, no, Rudy K, no!" Like it's it's that moment, but like the entire stadium is like, "Oh no, Matt Stafford's gonna fucking do it again." But he's doing it to us. That's like, oh god! I just think about this game and I picture like. <laughs> The Lions are up by four with like a minute and 37 seconds left. 
and then Stafford gets the ball and it's like, oh my God, how many times have we seen this in silver and Honolulu blue? And now you got to watch him try to do it to you. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL could sell the shit out of that game. That would be great. And like Stafford, what's Stafford's touchdown interception ratio over his last couple games? Like 14 to one. Yeah. I was going to say like 16 to nothing, but like he's playing lights out football. I, there was a lot of hype about the bills coming into this week and everybody's like, Oh God, you don't want to play the bills in the first round of the playoffs. And then they kind of like beat the chargers by two and like not a great game, you know? Yeah. They, they did the bills thing where they're like, well, this really worked. Let's not keep doing that. I know. So some of the shine kind of wore off them this week. I I think the Rams are the team I want to play least in yeah. the wild card. Uh, I agree. Who is your first pick? Let's we'll see if you pick the other game that I have in mind. There is another potential option in the NFC that, based on the first two matchups, could be a real banger, and that would be Eagles-Cowboys. That, I mean, that wasn't the one I thought of, but that is actually a really good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I had another one in mind uh, involving the Lions, but I mean, we've already seen that matchup this year. So um, I, I think the divisional aspect of it, though. All right, you guys split this season and like Dallas hasn't gotten it done. In a very, very long time. Like, now is your time to put up or shut up. Because that roster is kind of starting to get to the point where it's either they start getting it together and, like, running off deep runs or, like, how much longer are they going to keep that roster together because of all the guys that need to be paid? Especially when you're looking at Micah Parsons wanting to be paid like, like a quarterback. Like, I don't know how much longer we're going to see that rendition of the Dallas Cowboys. So, like, I think that this is, as much as I don't believe in that team, like, this is probably, like, the best shot they're going to shoot this year. It's theoretically a good matchup for them, too, because you know, Dak Prescott going against that yeah. Eagles secondary. That's not great. I like it from like the rivalry perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just like it from like the man, if Dak Prescott doesn't get it done against the Eagles, that's like double outrage in yep. Dallas, you know? And it's, it's crazy to think that it was two weeks ago. Dak Prescott had the best odds to win the MVP. Yep. And we're just at a point now where it's like, Every week is a different MVP front runner based on what happened. Like it was Dak. Dak has a bad game and it's Purdy. Uh, the Ravens absolutely smoked the 49ers in San Francisco last night. So it goes from Purdy to like Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, and we'll see what happens with the Ravens next week. The Ravens play Miami. Like if Miami smokes the Ravens next week, is it Tua? All of a sudden, who has the best odds? But either way, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about Dak having the best MVP odds, you know, we knew better than to say that he would ever win MVP. Uh, <laughs> but it's been one of his best seasons. And if he caps it off with a wild card loss to the Eagles, the Dallas fans are going to absolutely lose their shit. Yep. You know, and then kind of same thing on the Philly side. Like you just yeah. went to the Super Bowl. You're trying to get back. You're going to yeah. like Dallas is the team that stops you. Like that's well, a, that's a high stakes game. Especially with, the fact that like this is an Eagles team that is limping into the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they got to win this week, but like they did not like convincingly put away the Giants and they'd lost three in a row before that. Like if Dallas can't get it done in the playoffs against this Eagles team, it's just not going to happen. With that Eagles game against the Giants that you mentioned, can I just say thank God that the Tommy DeVito thing is dead? Holy Honestly, cow. Honestly, like, for, for him, too. 
It was getting to be kind of gross the way. I, like, dude, I know he's Italian. Right? Yeah. Like, I get it. We don't need you to bash us over the head with it. So, like, they bring in Tarad Taylor, and he yeah. actually looked, like, pretty good for them. And th- we're done. We're done with Tommy slash Danny DeVito. Yep. That's it. We're on to the tie god. My second pick is going to be uh, the other game that I had in mind when I said that there was two elite potential games. Uh, I'm going to go with Buffalo at Kansas City. I think, like, just from a marketing perspective and saying, like, oh, man, this is the rematch of the 13-second game. It's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. You got the Chiefs who just have been struggling hard lately. You know, I was listening to another podcast today where they mentioned the Chiefs were 3-5 and in their last eight games. And Mm -hmm. I was like, there's no way that that's right. It's sure enough, three and five. Uh, It's going to be the first year that Mahomes hasn't won 12 games. But they're likely going to get a home playoff game still because nobody else in that division is capable of doing shit. You know, the Broncos aren't even capable of beating the Patriots at home. So they're going to get a home playoff game. And to have it be against Josh Allen and the team like, Every single game, it feels like Josh Allen has to hear this 13 second thing. Yep. You know, they brought it up so many times this season uh, with so many games. And then you also have like, they just went into Kansas City and beat them on that Kadarius Tony offsides thing. All the Chiefs fans were going crazy about that. So you want them all getting this rematch. Like, I think that would be a fun game. Uh, And I know I said that Lions and Rams would get the primetime spot. But I think it would be really tough for the NFL to not have Allen versus Mahomes in that spot as well. I know this isn't the same Chiefs offense that we've had in years past. I mean, even last year, we kind of saw some of that downturn. But there is an element, too, of just the fact that, like, this is the NFL playoffs. And when the lights came up, come on for that, like, those two quarterbacks are going to be going out there with an intent to put on a show. I thought it was so funny that Patrick Mahomes came out and said, well, if we could just fix our offensive issues, then we could beat anybody. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I 100% agree with you, Pat. The problem is that you might just have like issues that aren't fixable. Yeah. But also, like, are we going to bet against Patrick Mahomes in the first round of the NFL playoffs? It's really hard for me to do that. And if they get the wrong matchup, I still might. Like I've I've seen too much evidence that they just they're not it. Yeah, I like I would wanna probably bet Buffalo in this game, but it's just like uh I don't know, man. I just, the Chiefs are interesting because it kind of is the same situation that the Patriots were in Tom Brady's like last season. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that no matter how elite your quarterback is, if you don't have the dudes for him to throw to, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Like Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in his prime. Awesome. Having a down year, the chiefs are struggling to win games because he's throwing to Kadarius, Tony and old Travis Kelsey. So I mean, it's it's a testament to how good he personally is that they have nine wins. But, like, they're not a team that I'm afraid of playing. No, it's, it's funny, too, because, like, they just won the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill last year. And so people are like, well, they should be able to do it again. They should be back. And it's like, with Travis Kelsey not being the same dude. And being very distracted. Every, yes, and being distracted. <laughs> everything is different. For them, you know, and if, if he can't get back to being that guy by playoff time, then like, yeah, a team like the Bills led by Josh Allen, who's also a great playoff performer, could come in and take that. My pick to there would have to be some shifting for it to happen, but we're going down the, the narrative road again. Uh, I think it would be incredibly fun to watch Joe Flacco go back up against the Ravens. Cleveland, Baltimore, another divisional game. But, like, if you don't know how much Ravens fans have an appreciation for Joe Flacco, 
then you really have not paid much attention to them at all because like that that playoff run he went on was insane and he's been playing great football really ever since he came back period and if anyone is going to be able to withstand that defense it's going to be the guy who played the majority of his career there it would need some big shifting but it's like a similar thing to what i was talking about with the lions going up against stafford it's like mm-hmm. the Ravens are now having this dream season where you're right now. We sit here the day after Christmas. You're the best team in the NFL. You just went to the 49ers, absolutely smacked them on national television. You made Brock Purdy look like Mr. Irrelevant. And you're having this awesome year. And then in comes your old quarterback, one of the most beloved quarterbacks in the franchise's history, probably maybe the. Yeah. I don't know if Ravens fans love anybody more than Joe Flacco, maybe Lamar now, but, uh, and also like the dude that Lamar took over for. Yeah. Right. And a guy who's a great playoff performer, like Joe Flacco, always an average quarterback in the regular season, turned it on in the playoffs every single year with my third pick. I'm going to stick with Cleveland, but I'm going to say Cleveland versus Miami. And this is like not narrative not historically based, but like, I think that this is the game where if you have this game, everyone's going to say like, ah, the best game of the week is Buffalo versus Kansas city or LA versus the lions. And all the nerds are going to get on their podcast and say, well, actually the best game of the week is Cleveland versus Miami because Cleveland's had the best defense, uh, this whole season. I mean, like Miami's defense is no slouch. Now that Jalen Ramsey is back, they've actually been the best defense in the NFL in terms of points allowed and yards allowed per game since Jalen Ramsey returned. But Cleveland's defense has been absolutely vicious this season. Like awesome pass rush. Miles Garrett's a beast. The defense has really led the way for them to be are they 10 wins now. Um, Miami's at 11. Cleveland's at 10. Yep. God. Yeah. So they're within a game of each other. Yeah. Well, we're going to do next week on the podcast, we're going to do uh, all of our preseason takes and which ones like age well and which oh, ones God. didn't age well. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert the narrative that I gave the award to for being the most confusing in the preseason was that Cleveland was going to be good. Because I, I was like, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Deshaun Watson sucks. And I don't know if the defense is going to be good enough to overcome that. In fairness, he still sucked. Yeah, I was right about half of it, but the defense has overcome pretty much anything the offense has thrown at it this year. And yeah. now with Joe Flacco, they become a good team. But so you have that defense going up against Mike McDaniel and Miami, the most innovative play caller, uh, most innovative offensive mind that we have right now. I think a lot of people would say it's like him and Shanahan and he's the fruit of a Shanahan tree. So I just think like X's and O's wise watching that would be fascinating like how that offense attacks that defense how the defense counter punches like that that's like a nerd's paradise pick you know uh miami lost uh jalen phillips a few weeks back too and uh van ginkle has been like really stepping up in his absence um so i mean that it i think it would be interesting just to, like if for no other reason than like from the standpoint of a thought experiment, that's going to be Miami. Miami always makes it interesting because like, I just feel like they never like self actualize on what they're capable of, except for like that one 70 point game. Yeah. I, I just feel like this is the game where it's like, you have all these like big games in prime time. And then this one's on at like four o'clock on Saturday. And you're like, damn, I kind of like, Really want to watch Cleveland at Miami. Uh, where sure. are you going for pick three? This one is more just because I think it would be hilarious. Uh, we're sticking with Cleveland, uh, which I know is not possible for us to get all of them. But uh, I want to see Gardner Minshew square off against Joe Flacco. 
Like, just elite meme quarterbacks going at it. I wouldn't have believed you at the beginning of the season if you were like, <laughs> hey, you're going to talk about the playoff matchups that you want to see the most, and half of the picks are going to be Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> but what the hell happened this season? You know, and it's like Cleveland with no Deshaun Watson, no Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I don't know if this is on your list. It's not my next pick, but like we could also say Cleveland versus Houston, even though yeah. Deshaun Watson's not playing because it's like two more teams that are intertwined like that. But they're, Cleveland's kind of fascinating and maybe another wild card team that I would not want to play. You know, with that defense, yeah. like, because that the defense is that good where they're capable of getting really hot and leading them to like a, you know, a couple wins or like a deep playoff run. I don't know if I want to watch the Colts in the playoffs. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, that's like the, yeah, that's, that's the only reason I would want to watch that game is because it's, it's definitely a weird QB matchup, but like, you know, it we're kind of getting into the weeds here. Once we get past our first couple, it gets a little bit. It gets a little hairier, less exciting. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I would watch it because it's playoff football and I'll watch every single NFL yeah. playoff game. It doesn't matter who you put out there. But like, spoiler alert, Minnesota is not going to be on my list of like the top 10 games I would want to watch. No, I'll watch it against my will. Uh, my next pick, my fourth pick, I'm actually going to go back to the NFC and I'm going to say the Lions versus the Seattle Seahawks. That was going to be my next one. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> the uh, Seattle's a team that's had Detroit's number the last couple of years. Uh, ever since Dan Campbell took over, it seems like like it's just one of those weird things. It's just like, oh, yeah, Pete Carroll just kind of owns Dan Campbell. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, but every time you guys play, it's like a fun game too. Like it, yeah. it was last year. You had like that 38, 35 loss at home. You guys played another good game this season. Yeah. I mean, both of those games like literally went down to the wire as much as they could. Like went down to the last possession last year, went to overtime this year. Uh, like it, it will be a good game. Uh, for me, it's very much the the narrative here is like, okay, like you you had that trip up in week two, and they've kind of got your number, but you've recovered over the course of the season. But like now you need to show that you can, you know, get past this particular hurdle. Yeah, I think about like from a narrative perspective of the lions are going to be favored in whatever game they play, whether it's like the Rams, the Seahawks, uh, any of these other shitty wildcard teams that are behind those guys. Like, I think those are the Rams and Seahawks are the best two wildcard teams. We talked about this last week. We want to see them in the playoffs, but like whoever you play, you're going to be the favorite. But I like it from like the narrative perspective of like, oh, the Lions, they've been bumping their heads against this glass ceiling for years. They finally shatter through, but they got to overcome this obstacle, this team that's owned them the last couple of years uh, that they've like struggled with. You know, it's not like an underdog story where you're like, OK, you know, like the Kings last year made the playoffs for the first time in forever. And they were the three seed, but they were the underdogs to the six seed Warriors. Where it's like, oh, yeah. now you got to beat, try to beat your big brother, even though you have home field. Like the the Lions won't have that, at least not in the first round this year. Mm-hmm. But it's it's something that I think would feel good to like overcome this hurdle and just be like, okay, like we could beat that. Now we're confident going into round two, for sure. And on like the other side too. I mean, Seattle team that's had a lot of playoff success, and I would like to see Geno get a playoff shot here against a good team. I guess I'll go on to my next one. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Texans Jags. It's very clear that the Jags have not taken the step this year that so many expected them to. Uh, 
And Houston absolutely like surprised everyone with the way they took a huge leap forward this year, uh, largely because of CJ Stroud. So if he's healthy, seeing those teams go at it in the wildcard round will be fascinating because that could very well be a huge indicator as to like where this division is going and like who's going to take command over it. Um, obviously, like Indy's in the mix there. They're going to get Anthony Richardson back next year, but unfortunately he has lost a year of development. So um, I'm, I'm gonna guess that he's maybe maybe a year behind them. I mean, a lot of common themes here of like the the divisional matchup in the wild card. Uh, it brings a lot of added stakes to things. Coming into this season, all of us were like, "Oh man, the Jags are going to win," you know, double digit games. This yeah. is their division. Everybody else in this division is going to kind of suck. Like they're developing. And Houston could just come right into the playoffs and say like, oh, no, actually, this is our division. Yeah. Who, If you were an AFC, like what AFC South team would you rather be right now between the three that you mentioned, the Jags, the Colts, and the Texans? You are probably most comfortable being the Texans. I think you're probably not too upset being the Colts either. I know from my personal point of view, the last team in the division that I want to be is the Jags because I feel like we are seeing the Doug Peterson trajectory. Yeah, like they're almost certainly going to make the playoffs this year. And that's fine. But I feel like we're seeing that same kind of downward trajectory that we saw in Philadelphia. I I just I just think that it's it's not gonna be fun if they don't have a quick trigger on him because he has not shown the flexibility and the adaptability in the past. I don't know if I'd want to be the Titans over the Jags, because like at least I have Trevor Lawrence, but my thing with the Jags is like, yeah, but like, I don't know that that's the boon that we want to say it is. Yeah. I, my main thing with the Jags is what do I do now from a roster building perspective? Like, yeah, we can fire the coach probably should because Doug Peterson is just kind of either mad to bad. Yeah. But like it was, you know, you brought in Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was supposed to be like the key piece that really unlocked this offense. And yet, like Trevor Lawrence looks like he's kind of taking a step back or like not taking a step forward. Like he's just kind of the same quarterback he was last year, maybe worse. Yeah. And the offense is just kind of like not doing great. Like I, you know, we thought this was going to be like a top 10, top five type of offense. And it's just like, man. And I'm actually just kind of at the point where I'm like, if I'm just thinking about what playoff games I want to see, are the playoffs just better without the Jags in them? Right? Yeah. Like, you know, Houston wins the division, the Bengals get that last wild card spot. And now instead of like having to watch a Jacksonville game, I have like Houston getting yeah. a home game with CJ Stroud, assuming he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And then like Cleveland, Buffalo, and Cincy. That yeah. seems like the best playoff to me right now. Like, I know Jacksonville I would... at all. I would absolutely kill to replace Jacksonville with an Anthony Richardson led Colts team. Yeah. Like that, it would sound so much more exciting to watch. I agree. So I, I'm on to my last pick. And I, it's, it's surprising because I made a board of 10 picks and I've picked four team, four games off my board and you haven't picked any of the other games. Like you, you have a completely different perspective on it, which is like, that's good. That's why we do the podcast together. Yeah. So I can go anywhere I want. 
And what I'm going to say is Cincy at Kansas City for my last one. I think there's some history there. Obviously, the only team that's really been able to beat Kansas City during this run has been Cincinnati. You know, Anna Rumo's done a really good job against Patrick Mahomes in the past. Uh, Anna Rumo being Cincinnati's defensive coordinator. You don't have Joe Burrow. So it's not like the superstar matchup of like, oh, Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. But like, if Jake Browning gets it done in Kansas City, you know, now we're starting this new narrative of like, oh, I don't know, man, since he kind of owns Patrick Mahomes, even without Joe Burrow, they were able to beat him. And, you know, on the other side, it's like, that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes is going to try to prove is wrong. Like, he's going to go up against Lou Anarumo and be like, I could beat these guys. Like, I beat him last year. I can beat him this year. They don't have Burrow. I think it's a fun game. Jake Browning has definitely shown a high enough upside to, like, make that game worth watching, too. Granted, like, only Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow, but, I mean, that rivalry is still definitely, like, very worth watching, and you still have Jamar Chase. My concern about it would be, I think we also saw the downside of Jake Browning this week against Pittsburgh, where he just, like, absolutely took a shit, and they got dismantled by the Steelers on Saturday, which I I 100% knew that was coming. Yeah. You were over on Saturday. I was like, dude, Pittsburgh is going to just beat the shit out of these guys. Yeah. Because the line was so weird. They like Bengals were favored on the road. And I was like, ah. they just switched from Trubisky to Rudolph. Rudolph, the red nosed quarterback, going to lead the Steelers to a win on a very foggy day before Christmas Eve. Like, yeah, that was, I saw that one coming. But uh, who is your fifth pick, fifth and final pick? So I'm going to go with the one that I really never would have guessed I would have picked. But at this point, I actually think it'd be pretty interesting. Um, Bucks Cowboys. Because for me, the setup for that game is like, this is kind of like the culmination of the Baker Mayfield, like reclamation project the you know his his arc of uh redeeming himself after like somewhat fairly taking a lot of shit over the years if you have watched the cowboys play late <laughs> in the season uh that is that is a beatable team in the playoffs and in december so uh that that would be interesting for me. I just Baker Mayfield has played so incredibly well over the past month or two. I I I think he's he's kind of like he's earned some of the credibility that he would get out of that one. For a while now, I felt like the destiny of the NFC South was just. Like some shitty team is going to win this division. They're going to be like eight and nine, get a home playoff game. And then there's going to be like a really highly ranked wild card from the NFC East. It's either going to be Philly or Dallas, who's going to be a 12 win team. And they're going to have to go on the road and they're going to lose. Like whether it was like New Orleans or Atlanta or the Bucks, I was like, they're just going to go there and they're going to lose. Now the Bucks are actually looking like a competent football team. And playing like really good football on both sides of the ball. You know, and there, there's like some championship yeah. DNA there still. Like there's a lot of guys that were on that Super Bowl team with Tom Brady. Uh, not to mention that Dallas went in there and ended Tom Brady's career. That was the last game of his career was Dallas at Tampa. They beat him in the playoffs. So Yeah. Yeah. Um let's not forget that Baker is one of those guys that like he shows out the most when people don't really expect it from him. And I I feel comfortable saying that with the NFC South having gone the way that it has this year, uh, 
getting matched up with Dallas, like they're not going to be the favorite in that game. Like Dallas is going to be expected to win that game. And I think that that's a situation that actually sets up Baker for success. So um, I, I think it could be really interesting. And from, from the other side of the aisle there, right. Uh, from Dallas's point of view, it's like, okay, well, you've had opportunities to take care of business in the past and you haven't. So like, while this isn't necessarily the super marquee matchup, like that honestly, any matchup for them, it's still like, but are you actually going to go get job done? Yeah. I actually like the way the bucks match up with Philly more than Dallas. If we're talking about like potential games that the bucks can win. Yeah. But I, I think that it's just like how it is in the NFL. You know, a stupid team wins a stupid division and then they win yeah. a stupid playoff game. <laughs> it's like, you know, yep. and who who would blow that playoff game but the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. Right. It's perfect. So, Conditions are perfect. Conditions are perfect. So, uh, all right. On to Bolds and Scolds, week 16 of the NFL season. My week to start. Uh, and my bold is going to be the Baltimore Ravens this week. You know, this I don't feel like there's a ton to say here. We kind of talked about it earlier in the podcast. They go into San Francisco in a game where San Francisco was favored by six and a half. You know, everybody's been talking for weeks about how San Francisco is the best team in the league and the eventual Super Bowl champion as long as they stay healthy. Well, they had everybody to play the Baltimore Ravens and they got absolutely schmacked. Schmeckeldorfed, yeah. bamboozled, killed. Like I said earlier, Brock Purdy actually looked like Mr. Irrelevant yesterday uh, in a statement win for the Ravens. Because I, I think the question still is out there with the Ravens. This is great, but we've seen it before. Can Lamar win in the playoffs? You know, they, they've been the first seed yeah. before and they lost to Derrick Henry and the Titans. So uh, the question's out there, but I will say this team looks different from the perspective that the defense is like pretty scary yeah you know yeah. They're, well they're... and they're just i just feel like the defense right now too is with all of the athleticism that they have out there with various guys um they're just like so flexible to be able to do whatever they need to do the only thing that like they really haven't been able to show that they're great at this year is getting pressure with four, but it's like, okay, well, they haven't needed to. So I'm not, not going to count that against them. Well, just like everyone on that team can cover too, you know, like Patrick queen and Roquan Smith are out there. Yeah. You know how many guys, it kind of reminds me of Tampa when Tampa won the championship. A couple of years ago, and they had Devin White and uh, Devin White and Levante David, like two guys that could really do everything at the linebacker position. They still have those guys. Oh God! Uh, whoever goes to Tampa in the playoffs better watch the hell out because they got those guys. Yeah. They got Antoine Winfield. Yep. But yeah, it's statement game for the Ravens. Lamar has now taken over as the favorite for MVP. Uh, they look scary, but. If you had to bet who would win the Super Bowl right now, would the Ravens be your first pick? Oh, yeah, easily. I They wouldn't be mine still. I'd, I'm at the point where I'm just like, I have no idea who's going to win the Super Bowl. No I, idea. No, I, I, I agree with you there. But if I have to pick one team, like there's not another team that I'm more comfortable picking than the Ravens because they're the only ones that's actually been consistent this year. Like that's that's fair, but it's just like God when yeah. we get to the playoffs and Lamar yeah. Jackson's in a playoff game. I yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe he'll prove I, everybody wrong. I mean, just to kind of put in perspective, like everyone's, you know, like coming in this week, been like, oh yeah, like hands down, like 49ers are the real threat in the NFC. They've laid an absolute fucking egg three times now, like. We we all know how much talent they have. Yeah. But like 
it almost feels like when they get punched in the mouth first, they just don't know how to punch back. Well, that's the thing about the 49ers this season is like they've led in every game. Yep. And the concern that we talked about with Brock Purdy early in the season is like, yeah, it's great when you're play action, you got all this movement, all this stuff's yep. going on. But when you have to just drop back and you take like a five to seven step drop mm-hmm. and you got to throw out of the pocket, can you do it against good teams? Yeah. And the answer last night was a emphatic no. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a concern there for them for sure. Uh, the Ravens, can I just, before we do your bold? Yeah. The Ravens and Dolphins play this week. The Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC. They're 12 and three. The Dolphins are one game behind them at 11 and four. Yep. It is a 1 p.m. game in Baltimore. Sunday night football is the Packers at the Vikings. Why even have the ability to flex games if we're not going to fucking do it? How is Packers Vikings the Sunday night primetime game? Just go to your bolt. I think <laughs> fucking NFL scheduling. God, it's fucking dumb. Uh, mine is no surprise. Uh, the Detroit Lions for clinching the division champion, the division title this year, uh, and securing themselves as Kings in the North. Uh, it has been 30 fucking years and uh there's really only been a couple of times where they've even like had a shot late in the year for this and uh the fact that they finally like they didn't just get it done they locked it up literally a day before christmas and i just it, it just is so emblematic of how much has changed in the organization and like seeing them actually do things the right way and like clinch things before the very end of the season the way really good teams do like we we haven't that hasn't been something that you or I have ever experienced in our lifetime king in the north rebel 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 i thought the cool thing with the Lions not being, you know, you're saying it's not the same old Lions. It's like you have a chance to get it done. You know, you like, like go in, get it done, boom, and they do it. Yeah. And it's funny because there are people who are like not happy with how they got it done, where they're like, oh, well, you know, you let Nick Mullins throw for 400 plus and like you should beat this Vikings team by more. And it's like, okay, it, it's a divisional road game. We know how hard those are with yep. massive stakes on the line for both teams because Minnesota is still trying to make the playoffs. So uh, I was impressed that they didn't like same old Lions. It They went in, took care of business, got it done, won me my bet. I put a bunch of money on them, minus two and a half. Love it. Uh, my scold for week 16 is former Patriots cornerback, Jack Jones. Uh, you know, He was really good for them last season. They parted ways with him this season, and he's gone on to be really good for the Raiders, which is like a whole nother can of worms that we can get into, like cutting a corner who's in his second year and is playing awesome somewhere else. He's had pick sixes back-to-back weeks. My problem, and the reason he's getting the scold, is he had the pick six off Patrick Mahomes this week, scores the touchdown, goes to hand the ball, to a kid in the stands and then sees he's wearing a Chiefs jersey and rips it away and keeps the ball. And the kid is like devastated. And it's just like, dude, the two things you don't do, don't talk about people's moms and you don't mess with people's fucking kids. Like being a dad now, if someone did that to my kid, I would be fucking furious. And I totally like, you could see the parents like consoling the kid when he rips the ball away. And it's like, dude, I I know that it's like the other team and you're like messing with the fans and all that stuff, but like it's just a game and that kid is going to remember that moment for a long time. Yeah. Like fuck off and make it right. Jack Jones, like Jack Jones is kind of a piece of shit anyway, 
And it's just like, oh, so you're yep. like a piece of shit on the field and off the field. Good to know. You know, which that kind of makes me happy. He's not on my team anymore. Yeah, I, I saw on Twitter he was like, quote, tweeted the video and just like trying to explain what he was doing there. And I'm like, dude, based on your past behavior, you have no credibility here. Like, just make it right. Just like sign a jersey, yeah. send it to the kid, get him like a signed Kansas City jersey. Like, yeah, just an asshole. Who is your scold for week 16? The NFL's fraudulent attempts at making football safer. It just, it doesn't fucking work. You you don't make football safer by continually changing the rules. You just don't. That's not like, first of all, it's not a safe game. It's never going to be a safe game. Like the sooner we accept that, the sooner we can actually make it a little bit better. Because actually the best way to make football safer is by holding our refs accountable and actually having better refs. It blows my mind how much we go back to like, all right, well, we need to change this rule or that rule. And really what that ends up doing is like, having guys not used to certain things, but then they like try to contort their body in one way or another at a split second to not get a flag. And then they end up getting hurt. Um, whereas what we can do is have our refs like be much more vigilant on blowing plays dead when they're dead. Uh, this whole hey, we're we're going to like hold off on blowing the whistle because maybe there will be a fumble and we don't want to blow it too early. Like, guys get hurt during that shit all the time. So, over it. Yeah. It's funny. There was a play in the Ravens 49ers game where Lamar Jackson, like, the ref got in his way as he's trying to yeah. run away from the pass rush and he like, you know, Luckily is fine, but like there's a safety. Yeah. You know, and it's like a funny meme play. It's like, oh, look, like he tripped over this guy, blah, blah, blah. Well, the ref didn't do a very good job of getting out of the way. And if Lamar Jackson had torn his ACL and was done for the rest of the year, tripping over that ref, we're having a completely different conversation. Right. Day than just like, haha, funny. He tripped over the ref and they still won. Right. Well, I mean, even besides that, you know, say Lamar doesn't get hurt as he didn't, right? Well, safety occurred because he tripped over the ref because he didn't get out of the way. What if the Ravens lose that game by two points or less? Okay, well, then you just... Your inability to do your job effectively seriously impacted the playoff race. Yeah, my my problem with the NFL is just like holistically, they are a reactive organization where, you know, like the concussion thing is a great example where it's like, oh, the concussions become like this big mainstream focus and everybody's so concerned about concussions and CTE and all this stuff. And they're like, oh, well, now we're going to do all this stuff to prevent concussions. And now we're going to put money into like researching better helmets and we're going to have spotters. We're going to do all this stuff. And then like it kind of quiets down and they're like, okay, well, we're not going to do any more stuff to protect against concussions. Yeah. And then like another good example, Mark Andrews hurts his ankle on a hip drop tackle. Yeah. This year. And they're like, the NFL is like, okay, well, we're going to go review hip drop tackles in the off season and see if that's something we should have or not. Why do you have to wait for something bad to happen before you make changes? Like you see this in business all the time is that like reactive organizations fail proactive organizations are the ones that are successful where you're like, okay, these are the things that are dangerous to our players. How do we prevent them? Like, how do we make things better instead of being like, Oh, Tom Brady tore his ACL because someone dove directly into his knee with their helmet. We should probably make that illegal. Great. Yeah. Great fucking idea. Doing it after the fact, the bad things have already happened, but that is it for us. 
as always, Foul Out can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Foul Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. And you can find our videos on TikTok at Foul Out Sports Podcast. It's a long name, but you can't miss it. Uh, week 17 of the NFL season coming up this week. There's some big games. We mentioned Miami and the Ravens play. Detroit is at Dallas Saturday night for a game that could become important for seeding. Should be a fun game. Plenty of college bowl games also going on right now. So check those out as well. Uh, Matt and I will be back next week on Wednesday to review all of our preseason picks. So we have division picks, playoff picks, awards, and then we did the win ranges that I think are going to be super fun. And we'll see who got more of those right and kind of which teams we were really off on, which teams we kind of nailed. Uh, so that's all going to be next week. And then the week after that, we're breaking down wild card matchups. Yeah. Hopefully uh, CD Lamb can keep his pants on this week. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but all right, my friend, I will talk to you soon. Yep. Bye, guys. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye Robin. Bye, Robin.